everyone out there. Welcome back into Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. I am so excited to welcome back on our show the amazing Kirk Kaskowski and Christina Perry, both from the Chain Theater, and both who are performing in the upcoming show, This Goddamn House, March 15th through April 8th at the Chain Theater. This is their latest show, which is directed by the same person coming off of the New York Times critic pick show, McBitches. I am so excited to speak with them about this incredible show. The synopsis sounds amazing, and there's a lot of buzz around it. So with that, Kirk and Christina, welcome. Welcome back to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. I'm so honored to have you both here. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. It's always such a pleasure talking to you. Yes, thank you. Very excited. It's, it's always great to be able to share with your audience. So now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first show of this season, right? Yeah, well, we, we had some one-acts. We had the Lyle Kessler one-acts, which were very well-received. We had our one-act festival. We had the Eric Bogosian fundraiser. But this is our first main stage world premiere production of 2023. Yes, and you are seriously starting it off with a bang. You, I feel like you're just almost getting the gang back together as I've been seeing the the introductions to the cast, to the designers. And like I said, that direct the director who who directed the Critics Picnic Pitches, which was a huge success and a brilliant show. But we, of course, are talking about this goddamn house. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that show? Matt McLaughlin wrote this play. He's a brilliant writer. We, he's been in our One Act Festival multiple times, and we developed a, a relationship through there. We did a stage reading of his play, The Demand of Avarice, in 2021 One, yeah october 2021 yeah and and that was extremely well received as well david zayas starred in that uh, his son david zayas jr was the director of that reading that sold out and it got a lot of buzz and david zayas jr is uh, our assistant director on this production as well so this does feel like kind of the culmination of a lot of different projects come together but the play is about two brothers who are coming to their childhood home, their mother is being evicted. And unfortunately, she's a hoarder as well. So there's a, a lot of trauma with that. There's a lot of trauma within their family dynamic. And it all comes to a head as things do in life because of this time crunch of having to get out and it becomes like 14 hours very quickly. So not to speak for Matt, some of this is loosely based on his life. This is not an exact representation of his life. But Matt did have a similar experience where his mother is a hoarder and his brother called and said, hey, I need you here now to help me because she's getting evicted. And he goes, I'm in New York. Well, what are you talking about? You're in Florida. And he's like, I, I'm alone. I need help. We need to get her out tonight. So he flew out to Florida and to move out of their childhood home together. And this is a really interesting examination on what that's like. And Matt is very clear to say this is based based kind of loosely on true events. This is not what exactly happened. The two brothers may be more of an amalgamation of two different sides of Matt's personality than his actual brother. But it's, it's a, a very, very interesting story and masterfully crafted. I have to say the structure of this play is airtight. It's just brilliant. And it's just, it's so fun as actors too. You know, you always want the, the stakes are so important in every play, right? And keeping the audience's attention and this whole concept of time. And there is no, there's no time. There's not enough time. 
just is is this undercurrent for the whole story, which makes things fun in, as we're exploring it as actors. And also I think is a great pushing force when, when telling a story as well too. So I, I love that about Matt's piece. Sounds incredible. And I, did I hear right? You had done a reading of another show of Matt's before, right? Yes, uh, The Demand of Avarice. We also did a reading of this play in early January. As soon as we came back from winter break, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to see how it would be received. And I'm like, is this too esoteric? The hoarding? Can everyone really? I, I just wanted to see what the reaction was. I also wanted to see, um, to be sensitive to the artists that we're working with, to see like exploring this. And it always changes when you get it in front of people. You're going to see the reactions. You're going to see the ebbs and the flows. And then as airtight as I thought it was, I just wanted to see what would happen. And boy, were we very happy with yeah. how it was received. And surprisingly, I very much underestimated how one everyone could relate to the hoarding and this family dynamic that's being portrayed. It felt like a really interesting house. It was a really interesting experience. People applauded when we came back for the second half. Like, I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> I was like, and big laughs in ways that I never thought it's, it's people were laughing because they can relate. So like, it's a, it was really lighthearted for a lot of it until it wasn't anymore <laughs> because of, you know, because the story goes there, but it's, it, it's a, it's a really funny piece in a lot of ways that, that, that thing that you can relate to being shown back at you, that mirror that we all try to create in the theater, I think is very much happening with this piece. Oh, that's fantastic. So how did you come upon the show? Or I guess more importantly, how did you come upon like Matt's work? Yeah, so Matt was in our one act festival and we've known each other for years. He's He's been coming to our shows and we've talked and he's a friend of a friend, of a close friend and colleague. And it's, it's a culmination of years worth of, so our first play that we did in our original location of the chain theater in Long Island City after the fall, Matt was there. And we, we talked that evening and I remember it very very well because he was he was working on that play in a in a scene study class and he came to see the play because he's like well let me see what these guys are actually doing it and he was like i i he's like I, there's things that you got that i never understood about it and we started to connect over that kind of a conversation and then you know the last couple of years particularly we've gotten close he's been doing one acts with us and i was like just send me everything you have please like just let's Let's figure it out. We need to do something together. And this this was the one, boy. This is a special, special play. And this is the world premiere of the show, right? Yeah. It is. So you both are debuting these roles. You you are the originals. Christina, why don't I, I start with you on this one? What has it been like developing this particular character on this show? Developing this character in this show, honestly, has just kind of felt very natural to me. The way in which Matt writes his characters and this character in particular, there was just a quality about her that just felt really natural to me as an actor and, and something I just got the moment that I read it. I actually read this script when I was on the plane to we were going out for our wedding as Kirk and I got got married about six months ago now and I was on the plane and I'm reading this play and I was just I was like, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. And uh, it, it hit me. I was, I remember trying to control some of my emotions because 
it's so impacting at the end. And I'm like, I'm literally, you know, one of those people on the plane where like, you're crying, but you don't want anyone to know you are. And <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm like, no, it's just really good. The play is really good. So it's always really fun to get a new piece that no one's ever done before. You can cut, you can totally explore it, make it your own. You don't have really any preconceived notions about it other than I guess what you come in with of course and so my my character in particular I don't want to say too much in giving it away but it's it's one of those it's a smaller role within the show talked about and then I absolutely love the trajectory she comes in because I just I get to come in do my thing and I take off and that's kind of all I'll say about it because <laughs> again I don't want to give any spoilers but there's a lot of colors to play with I also play, you know, a new mom, first kid, eight months pregnant. So getting into the physicality of that has been always a wonderful exploration, particularly having Ella, Jane New, who is our director, having her in the space and lead me with that as Ella is a mother. She recently gave birth to her second child six months ago as well. Her The birth of her kid aligned with our wedding which is fun, lots of celebrations. So, but to be able to have that within the rehearsal room has been really helpful to me. I, I've not gone through that experience as a woman. And so, you know, how do I walk? Where is the baby sitting within me, you know, eight months? Like, where is that weight and different things like that? And then of course, playing with the phys- my physicality of being pregnant versus the character of Angie, who is the mother in the play, and she has some physical ailments that that she very much likes to play up. So it's fun to have that director in the room and playing with those different things as well. You know, aging bodies versus a new body that is going to soon give birth and the fun moments we can create because of that. So as although this is a drama, there is a lot of comedy within it. And that's very, I would say, typical of Matt's writing. Like these are serious things that are going on but moments that'll make you laugh, you know, just like in life too, or when things are just ridiculous, you you have to laugh because of it. Right. And Kirk, you are no stranger to developing not just roles, but new works. We've had you on multiple times now talking about, you know, world premiere of a show. What has it been like developing this new work? It's been wonderful. I mean, this this play was very much fully cooked when it, it arrived to us. Matt, he really did the work. And I know that he has done multiple readings even before that we touched it. But it's been a lot of discussion with the playwright. And I know that this this is really sensitive issues. And I want to make sure that we discuss that and his feelings about those issues ahead of time. But it's been a joy to work together and to, to have a, a team together. And Ella has never worked with Matt before and to see them come together and DJ uh, Davis Ace Jr. And Matt work together quite frequently. So putting this whole team together has been, has been a great joy. This, this rehearsal process has is, is been going very, very well. And as, as usual with our plays now, for some reason, the set became this big concern because now we're building a hoarder's house on stage. And I'm like, I need to stop doing plays that are about garbage somehow (laughs) (laughs) because we did garbage man at this time last year, which was a very intricate, complicated set as well. And this might take the cake on that. So (laughs) it's, it's, it's the, there's, there's always something, there's always something new to figure out. It's also been very cool to be able to now be, have the opportunity 
as we transition from doing revivals now to kind of full-time producing world premieres has has been great it's it's always interesting to learn how to market that it's the whole other side of our brains that we're now you know learning and and learning how to market a new play and like what an audience will relate to and what's selling tickets what is our audience what have we been cultivating this whole time it's right down it's right down the pike for what we do it's really it feels right it feels like a chain theater show I will say, you know, sometimes the benefit of not being the first play is you can look at what other productions have done for a complicated set, right? But as this is the first time, we're figuring it all out because not only, it's not just the complications and the challenges of building a hoarder's home on stage, they're moving out of it. So the brothers are, they're literally, we're moving out of a set. So (laughs) orchestrating that and choreographing that has been a fun challenge. Oh, bless. Luckily, we're uh, working with David Henderson, mm-hmm. who we've worked with before. He did our set for Six Corners, Keith Huff's play that we did the New York City premiere for in 2019. And thank thank David for having the brain that he does because yeah. he wrapped his head around this very quickly in a way I could never have had. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really fun that the house the set it's really a character in the play and there's no getting around that and i it it feeds all into the the drama and the intensity of it all and like you know okay how do we really make the audience a part of that and feel the dirt and the grime that's living here you know i my goal is is that the audience believes that they smell what the actors are smelling <laughs> within the house so if if that's accomplished I'll, i will I'll be so happy <laughs> if they feel a little bit dirty sitting there by watching the actors you know in in conversation with the objects and things on the set I, i'll know we we did our job oh that makes me even more excited as best you can say that <laughs> like i'm not excited to imagine that smell but i'm excited to like have that experience <laughs> Now, you both have mentioned that you you have wanted to make sure that you've been sensitive to several topics and issues that are dealt with in the show. I want to know what the message or a thought that you're hoping audiences will take away from the show will be. I think, you know, it's, it, it is a cyclical thing with our work. And I think most of life is about this. It's about communication. And how many times... Do I read a new play and or if we start working on a new play and eventually we hit a point where it's like, well, if these people could just actually talk to one another and not lie or just be honest about their feelings. And that's it's like the story of life to me. I don't know. There's so many times where it's like if people were just reasonable and could talk to one another, then this wouldn't be happening. But we don't live in that world. And I, I think what I want people to come away from this is if you're honest you know everything can be solved but it's it, you know it's a complicated it's a complicated story and there's a there's a a lot of trauma in different ways from each of the characters and i think it's very re- i think it's re- very realistically told i think that's the the biggest thing and the the what i'm so excited about with this piece is that there's a lot of naturalism in the in the writing in the the way that it's dealt with in in the fact that there's a reason why it's in one place in one time in the circumstance and that it, there is the that there is this built-in time clock that it has to happen in this time what do you think what i'd like the audience to walk away with 
start start there. I I hope the audience, as with every show that we do here at the Chain Theater, I hope the audience walks away feeling that they have been fully entertained and feeling lots of things throughout the show. But I something that you had said previously, Kirk, that I think is really great is hope the audience walks away not feeling alone. And that was something that stuck out in the reading is when people could tell us how much they related to this, it wasn't even necessarily this specific circumstance that the play takes place in. It was just that, no, these family dynamics, these I I know these feelings they're feeling within my own family dynamics because of a different situation or whatever that might be. And so I think just kind of knowing that a lot of us have gone through this, a lot of us have gone through a lot of really difficult things with our family. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we we no longer speak to our families or whatever the case may be. Um, but sometimes you hit a hard place and how do you react within that? What happened and how do we process all of that? So that's what I hope the audience walks away with is, is not feeling alone in that way and knowing that this is a common experience as, as we just go through, you know, being human and what that means. I love both of those answers. Family dynamics are very complicated. They are. They're so individual and complicated. And I, I think sometimes it's just helpful to see a part of ourselves when we're removed from the situation. It allows you to it. then look at your life and process it in a, in a different way or go, maybe I didn't think about this, my circumstance in this way. And it was just helpful to see it from an outside perspective, really providing perspective. How's that? That's where I'm getting. <laughs> that, that was what I was trying to say. You're hired, Christina. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> My last question for this first part of the interview is who do you hope have access to the show? At the Chain Theater, we really work to make all of our shows as accessible as possible. Obviously, that doesn't mean all of our shows are suitable for children, as this, this show certainly is not. But in terms of ticket price, our location, as we know, is very accessible in just that sense, in a physical sense. And of course, we are fully accessible to ADA and thing, all, all of that. But I, I hope just, I would say adults, general New Yorkers, ev everyone, I really would like for, I know that's very general, but, but it's true because of how I, universal this really is with how we've all dealt with some sort of issue with our family and navigating all of those dynamics. So that is who I hope is, uh, find this show accessible. Young people, maybe new families starting out, in terms, and when I say new families starting out, new couples about to begin this journey in their life, I hope can can find this uh, with this show to be relatable, and even those older as well too, those with kids, and maybe something they've experienced within their life too, younger and and different relationships that that we all have with our parents. I think I think Christina nailed it. Yeah, I, it's it's we 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 love our audience here and and um, in terms. In yeah. terms of accessibility too, we are always looking to expand that in every sense. And so I'll say this, we are currently in the works of expanding that in the way so that those who might be hearing or visually impaired can also experience our theater here. And that is the help through some grant opportunities that Randy Berry Indie Space is providing to independent theater venues like ourselves. So that is currently in the works. I'm not quite sure when that will will be able to implement that, but that is something our organization has wanted to do for quite a long time because um, I mean, there's there's a whole audience there that just hasn't been able to experience what we do other, you know, for no other reason other than we can't afford a lot of the equipment 
all of the equipment, I should say, that you typically find in a Broadway house. We've certainly, you know, reached out for grants and things like that. So it's just, it's wonderful when you have organizations like Indie Space who hear those things and then they're able to make it happen for smaller venues so we can expand our audiences and be even further inclusive. now a little bit so our audience members can get to know you even more i'm gonna shift this first question actually because i feel like kirk i've asked you this a thousand times so i'm actually gonna ask you both what inspired you to go into the theater i can go first uh i I might have answered this already so uh, hopefully i don't say the same thing but as a as a as a young person i was obsessed with film and movies and i would make my mom take me to blockbuster video and you know, if you rent three movies, you get three for free older movies. And then I'd watch them all night long when everyone was asleep. So I'd sneak out and watch on the, you know, the big TV when everyone was asleep and I didn't get any sleep and went to school the next day. But that was my constant life. So I fell in love with film first and, and acting through that process. And when Quentin Tarantino was going to be in Wait Until Dark on Broadway, and those movies blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, I can see him in person. I'm going to go do that, you know? And Quentin's performance was was really good. It, it was not heralded at the time. And I think people kind of thumbed their nose at it um, because he was so so brilliant of, of a director. But to see Stephen Lang and Marissa Tomei, and um, I had seen musicals before on like class trips and with chorus and things like that. And I really love musicals, but... To see a drama like Wait Until Dark play out on stage and the theatricality of the lights going out and all of the, that comes with that show blew my mind. And being there primarily for a firsthand experience, you're breathing the same air as the actors. I was hooked after that. And then anytime that there are all these film actors that now I loved, I was like, wait a second, well, they're doing a play. I can go see them in person and experience what that is and, and see that the and then I'd go multiple times and say like, well, he said the line differently that time, but it just worked just as much. And it was the greatest lesson of what theater, you know, theater acting is. And then I auditioned for the high school play and I got the lead. So it all came from there after that. The rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea Quentin Tarantino was an actor. That oh, yeah. blew my mind. And furthermore, Wait Until Dark is a fantastic play and movie it's one of my favorites yeah, yeah we, we did it in uh, 2015 yeah wow yeah i played wrote christina played like susan. susan and on was it the closing night it's closing night closing night i proposed to her at the curtain call it was closing night we were also this is it was the last show we were doing in this space because the space was being taken away from us and turned into luxury condos as is the story of new york real estate and yeah it was very so it's very that show has a special place for kirk and i as i didn't know my you know my family was coming out to basically we were saying goodbye to our first theater right and that was, we didn't know what was going to happen next. And so I thought they were all there for that. And Kirk had other things in mind because he wanted my family to be a part of it since they all live so far away. 
and it ended up turning into an engagement party, which is very special. Yay! <laughs> Showmance! Well, Christine, well, we were together how, before that. Yes, yes. <laughs> how did you get, what inspired you to get into the theater? I love telling stories and it was something that I was doing forever as a kid. I didn't even quite really realize it. I would, I think, I can't deny this. I think growing up in the church and having my dad as a pastor and growing up seeing how stories change people was very impacting to me. And I can't deny that's a, definitely a part of me. So I, I love the way that someone can watch something film or on stage and suddenly feel different about something else in life because they witnessed the experience of another person going through something. So that's very powerful to me. And I, in high school, then was like, I, I want to explore this. You know, I, I was totally the kid that was setting up imaginary worlds. And I mean, I would create sets out of our living, my poor mom, out of our living room. And she would just be like, Christina, can you please just clean all this up by dinner, you know, put all this away. And I, but I, so the whole living room would suddenly become whatever world that was being created and all my friends' houses too. And their parents were so patient with me because it was like, no, we have to do this. And you don't understand this chair. Now, this chair is a carriage that we're running away on with horses, clearly. You know, so I, I would, I think I just fell in love with storytelling and, and wanting to be on all these different adventures and the imagination of that. Um, and then high school really cinched it for me. I loved the community and these groups of people that were so different. We were, I remember in high school, we were all so incredibly different and yet it worked and we had a blast together and being able to come together as a team to create something was it for me. I just thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And I had a blast with it. As much work as it was, and still is, obviously, <laughs> I just love that feeling and being around everybody together. Love that. Have either of you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend? Yes, the show <laughs> ended its run, though. And that was Oh goodness! But otherwise, no. We've been yeah. We was there. last season. Right? It was right? last season. Yeah. yeah. Was, last time we went to another. I mean, we've been seeing things here. But yeah, I mean, it was the thrill of a lifetime that Eric Bogosian came and did that night here. I love Eric. He's such a great person and friend, and and it's amazing when you get to meet your mentors and they turn out to be everything you hope. So and boy, I I didn't know he was gonna what he was gonna do in that. That evening with an Eric with Eric Bogosian and and he just knocked it out of the the park. It was amazing. Yeah, I wish. And there is drinking in America with Andre. Don't let Royo. Andre Royo is happening at the same time our play is happening. So we were going to go see that, yeah. but obviously we can't because we'll be on stage. But that looks fantastic to me, and I'd be really interested to see his work in that. I know Eric is excited as well. And I think he's also got one plus one going on as well. Yeah, we did. We hosted that last summer, actually, the same production here. So that had 11 shows here mm -hmm. and a run during the play festival over the summer. And I very much enjoyed that piece. I've read I read that play years ago, too. And I talked to Eric about it before they put up that production. It's it's a great script. That is a great script. It's a lot to explore there. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? I mean, I, I'm primarily I, I will always say that I consider myself an actor first. So the 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 
the greatest joy I have is is being on stage. And I think that this is a a really interesting role. It's it's different than some things that I've done before. And I'm very excited for that. But I love it all. I do. I love what we do here. I love the community that we've created and that continues to grow and the people that are putting in the, the really great work and that are just great people having a place to come and call home. And that's the the transition from us just being a theater company to being a venue um, and a space that's always open for rehearsals and other people's productions and that we get to support other companies that are coming to do their work here too is really exciting. I see other people's passions and that they get to come to fruition and that uh, we're providing a place to be able to do that. So there's a lot. It's amazing. Well, you pretty much took all the words out of my mouth and said everything I was going to, I was going to say, but I will, I will add to that. It's, you know, cause as you know, Kirk and I run the organization together and I also just love being able to do that with my partner as well. So it's, it's a very cool feeling and I feel very lucky that we've been able to find you find each other in that way of just such teammates and that's a very cool feeling and definitely love that those moments of acting on stage I I think that those are my favorite parts those moments that you can never predict that'll happen and something goes unplanned and you both everyone on stage rolls with it and it turns into just some great energy or something unexpected. The audience has no idea. So, you know, I always love those moments. And then backstage, you all are looking at each other and just like, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that, wasn't that a cool moment? And you're like, yeah, you know. So I, I love the unpredictable nature of, of theater and the surprises that brings. <laughs> I love that. See, you guys have already given me like two great meet cute memory things. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to my favorite question, which we've now arrived at, which is what is your favorite theater memory? Which, I mean, for you, Christina, what is your favorite theater memory? I guess, Kirk, what is another favorite theater memory? I'm going to probably have your like autobiography by the time we're done. <laughs> the memories I've been racking up. So, so yeah, so th- I'll pose that question. What is, what is a favorite theater memory of yours? I don't know. I guess we were talking about Wait Until Dark. So I'll talk about how much fun at the end of wait until dark it was because i was playing rote and he comes out in the darkness and we really i I co-directed that show as well and the version that we did is a newer is a newer adaptation by jeffrey hatcher actually it's still the same arc of the show and everything but it takes place in the 40s so it really is interesting because the the guys who are left are the guy like in that scenario the guys that are left that aren't in world war ii right now are like what's wrong with them so these three guys that descend on this blind woman, it's it's it seems like it has a lar- a bigger edge. Maybe that's just me being excited about that kind of time frame, too. So it's this basement apartment, and I uh, I directed the scene, and it was like playing some like really like sweet music, really like quiet, and we had the lights really low in that scene, even. And it's the this character Mike is coming back to say, "Listen, I got the guys off of you, Susan." You know they they've almost fallen in love in the play, and I and I and I've and I've gotten the guys off. You know, like they're not coming back. We took care of it. You know, and she goes to the touch his face and 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 to to to, to see him, and he's like, no, no, you know, very you know heroic in this moment, and he like he slowly goes up the stairs backwards, and 
he goes to say goodbye one last time and the door pops open and I'm behind the door and I slit his throat and we were using so much blood that it like we, we would just go and 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 Paul was great at like gurgling and like every night we did this like the audience would scream <laughs> like like we want we have like a video of this thing and like you can't hear the dialogue because people are screaming because we when I directed it with John Long, we'd we'd I I really like orchestrated that scene that you would never suspect never see it coming. this coming. Like it was a really sweet scene. It was it was just love. It was pure love and and him being magnanimous and set and, and letting her go is like you know the way we were or something. And it's just like you know like you've changed my life and then bang slit his throat, blood everywhere. And then I come out like when I have a big fat old time can of gasoline like i'm gonna burn this house to the ground and everyone's like ah! <laughs> you make it the top of their lungs and there's like a 50 we had like a 15 minute Wait, sequence me this... trying to kill her in this play and that's i mean that's the way it's written yeah. that's why it's just it's, it's so brilliantly it's so fun no this is that is my favorite moment on stage <laughs> i have i have decided yes that is so it was so fun every night and i never knew where the blood was gonna spray and so as someone who is you know pretending to be someone who's blind like you i had to i could see it coming but i couldn't react until it touched me right and so and oh my gosh there were nights it went in my eye all over my hair i was so bloody the night that kirk proposed and my hair was such a mess and he it's not like he did it after the show and we went out to greet the audience he did it following curtain calls so i'm still in the blood so every night it was it was such a fun fight sequence and you know there and as he's throwing gasoline on the floor sometimes it actually did get slippery so you know sliding and pulling of the hair and audience members reactions were so fun in that and it, particularly when it all went black yeah and then they couldn't see anything and then our voices would just pop out from different corners right and we had it in three-quarter round in that particular space so it was really fun when I knew I was next to an audience member and you know we had it was so specifically directed so even if any I, I couldn't react unless it was the spe specific moment to react of a <gasps> and doing that and then <laughs> the audience member next to me because it was such an intimate space they'd react because <laughs> they were surprised that an actor's next to them that was always so fun and then the audience reaction of when he'd open the, the fridge I literally was like, wait a minute, doesn't Mike, he gets killed, but then she goes and she bashes out all the lights. Yeah. And, yeah, and then she's like, you know, now you can see what I see, but then he opens up the fridge and that's when he starts doing the gasoline, but then she lights the fire and he's like, oh no, get away. Yeah. Oh. So, which is so, so fun. And those bursts of light too, when we had the, the matches and stuff and i could i could see faces in the audience and their expressions people got really scared they are really scared it was like they they start to laugh a little bit mm -hmm. in fear it was interesting and a couple times people like pulled out their cell phones and turned a light on it was like come on guys don't, don't <laughs> come on it's a play don't worry they're right we're <laughs> pretending really hard <laughs> Got it. You know, you could not not do that show without an audience member. You're like, it's so dark, and pull out their phone. You're like, that's the point. Yeah, that was great though, because the, the proposal I said to Christina before the show, I said, I didn't. I talked to her father 
to ask his permission to marry her in costume. I had the director go grab him out of the audience because I knew if I told any of them in advance, the the jig would be up. Like somebody would tell like and they would all know it would eventually probably get cued to Christina. So I didn't tell anybody until I just told her father right before the show started. And I had everybody like bring in all the stuff for the engagement party, like and put it in the downstairs fridge and hide everything so she wouldn't see it. But, you know, we, when I proposed, like, I'm covered in water because that's what the gasoline was water, you know, obviously. And, yeah. and, and just stage blood everywhere. I'm so sticky, dirty. <laughs> and and I, I told Christina before the show, I said, I really want to, you know, thank your family and, and just make an announcement about the theater closing. And I think that, you know, I don't normally like to make a speech like that at Curtain Call, but I feel like we should do that with this one. And she was like, yeah, 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 totally. So that's when I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And she was covered in sage blood. I get to murder him. It's really fun. <laughs> what a way to start a marriage right there. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Thank you both for sharing those memories. Like never a dull moment from either of you. I love it. Thank you both. <laughs> Are there any thing. projects or productions that you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug? Yeah, but we always have a lot going on here, as you know. So it's going to be this goddamn house is first. That's opening in March 15th. It's running until April 8th. 22 performances. So there's an opportunity for everybody to come on down in our 99-seat theater. Then later on in June, we're going to be doing another one-act festival. We just closed our winter one, but we're going to be doing one in the beginning of the summer. That's going to be followed by our International Film Festival as well. This is our 11th year, mm-hmm. uh, the Chain NYC Film Festival. And getting a lot of submissions already, really excited about that. And then in the late summer, we're going to be doing a play called A Will to Live. It's by Helena Weinrock. It's her life story of surviving the Holocaust. And I'm helping her adapt her memoir into a one-woman show. And we've been talking to Helena for quite some time mm-hmm. and yes. pre-pandemic. And we're very excited to finally bring this to full production. Wow. So there's also going to be, you know, comedy shows and a ton of stuff going on here. But those are the those are the the big events, as they say. And of course, I feel like this is the perfect time to ask the question of if our listeners want more information about this goddamn house or about either of you, they maybe want to reach out to you, what is the best way that they can do that? Visit chaintheater.org, and that's theater with an R-E at the end, the British way of saying it. And you can also follow us on Instagram at chaintheaternyc. Wonderful. Kirk, Christina, it is always amazing to talk with you both i i i'm sure this won't be the last and i could just talk to you forever and ever but i'm so excited for this new show and i appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to speak with me i i can't wait to see the show i'm so pumped so thank you so much for for sharing everything tonight thank you andrew yes thank you so much andrew we're very excited to share this show we we're just we're so excited for this team we're working with and we can't wait to put it out in the world it's gonna be really great Amazing. 
My guests today have been Kirk Gaskowski and Christina Perry, who are performers in the upcoming show, This Goddamn House, which is being performed March 15th through April 8th at the Chain Theater. You can get your tickets and more information at chaintheater.org, and that's theater with an R-E. You can also follow the Chain Theater at Chain Theater NYC on Instagram, and I am telling you right now, there's nothing bad that is done at this theater company. So make sure you get your tickets absolutely right now, right away. You know, what is it? Run, don't walk. Get your tickets now because I'm sure this is going to sell out. It, it's just, it's going to. So make sure you get a chance to see the show along with everything else that they have coming down the pipeline. So support, support this theater, support indie theater. Get out there and check out this goddamn house. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.